Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host Stuart Butler and I am joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. And Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho. And joining us again, the return of Jeremy Razook, the Razooka. How are you? I'm good. Hey everyone. Bringing that level of energy that only you can bring, Jeremy. I love it. Yep, like a bag of pop rocks. <laughs> You're the least <laughs> animated of us, us bunch of fuligans. Uh, so what, what are we talking about today, Jeremy? This is your episode. Today we're talking about the top three things people want to hear from hotels right now. Uh, you can do better than that. This, Pete, okay. rewrite that for me. Uh Pete, what should it be? The unsaid things that's costing your hotel money. Ooh, or, that's a little more clickbaity. I would click on that one. But do you want to, you want to give us a gist of what it is we're talking about, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a pull from the sentiment study. Um, the question is, during the outbreak, I would like to hear from hotels on the following topics, and these and this is from the eighth study from early August. Gotcha. These are the so top for, three. So for, for those of you that don't know, we've been sending out a sentiment study to a bunch of leisure travel consumers over the last 15, 20 weeks now during the whole coronavirus nonsense and just asking them what they're doing. So we're going to start doing some episodes where we drill down into some of those questions. We do have another episode or vo- volume of the study coming out um, next week on our website, fueltravel.com you'll be able to get to from our blog and there's a lot of new information there that we're, we're kind of looking more at people who have traveled as well as people that are still fearful of travel but today we're going to be drilling into one of the questions in, in particular and that is you know what people want to hear and how you can communicate and, and we'll do it in fuel again fashion we'll give you some specific tangible things that you can take and hopefully improve your communication right now with your guests but before we do that what's going on in the news of ruse all right, all right, all right. Let's see how I can do this time. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news news It's pretty good, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Thank you very good. much. Thank you very much. But uh, hey, you know what the most important thing is? Is we have news. And this comes to us from businesstravelnews.com. And mm-hmm. it's the new corporate travel study that GBTA put out, which is the Global Business Travel Association. And it's got some pretty interesting information in here. So in the past, we've talked a lot about how we're going to have to change how we find our hotels customers. And corporate travel is going to be a big item that's in flux where they're not traveling as much. And this data that's came out from the GBTA says exactly that. So it's a lengthy article, but it does it is chock full of of stats. And here's a few that I kind of want to just run down. First of all, 85% said the coronavirus has caused their company to cancel all or most travel. Now, this this is data from mid-August. That doesn't surprise anybody at all. A little bit farther, 93% have continued to restrict all or most international travel, and 84% continue to restrict all or most domestic travel. So we're not seeing an end necessarily to the travel restrictions from a corporate side. But then we asked, or GBTA asked the members, 
let's look a little bit farther out. And what the data is saying is 47% have considered considered resuming travel in the near future with no definite plans. However, 24% do not to resume plan to resume travel in the near future at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we're thinking about the the group side of the business and the corporate side, we do need to make sure that we're backfilling those rooms with either leisure travel, other types of groups to to get that occupancy where we need it. Yeah. But there's a lot of good data in this report. So I would say everyone check it out in the show notes. Yeah, we'll we'll link to that in the show notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 162. You know, we're very fortunate here at Fuel in some regards related to all this in in that a lot of our partners, the, the folks we work with, are more heavily dependent on leisure than they are on um, business. So a, a lot of our clients have rebounded fairly well so far. And we'll, we'll talk a little more about um, in the stat of the week about a, a data point that's really insightful. But if you're if you're a hotel, if you're a big hotel that's always relied on conferences and or, or if you're in a city and you've always relied on business travel, you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to rethink everything because it is just simply not going to be there for the near-term future. Even once there's, you know, and there's a lot of noise out there about vaccines and things like that. And at the earliest, maybe we're going to see something that's that's mainstream by maybe November. But just, I mean, and I'm talking about North America, right? Because that's where we're based and what most of the listeners are. But we're going to see so much um, noise come out about vaccines at that point. Like people saying, which one? is more effective? What is the efficacy? What are the side effects? Is there a good one and a bad one? Is there one for the one percenters and one for the rest of us? It, it's going to get crazy, especially as the timing is going to be during a very polarizing election. It's going to become politicized. So even once that's out, it, it's not going to be a silver bullet that turns business travel back on overnight. So you've really got to prepare for potentially not having a whole lot of business travel, certainly not near next, last year's numbers, for at least the next six to 12 months. I mean, if you can prepare for that, then you, you're going to be in better shape than just hoping that it comes back. And one thing I'd add to that as well is everybody in the corporate travel space has had the chance now to test drive virtual travel in not going places, but doing more Zoom or Skype, more just digital face-to-face mm-hmm. meetings. And just like test driving a car, it's the best way to get you to adopt something long term. So even if business travel resumes, it will absolutely not be at the level it was pre-corona. So hotels are, like you said, are going to be a lot more creative than they have in the past. But the other thing to consider as well is with your business solutions that you provide at your hotel, if it's a business center, whatever it might be, you also have more people than ever who are working from home, homeschooling, or doing some combination of both. So, so think about that. You know, in your amenity mix, having, you know, the super fast Wi-Fi, having print services, having a business center, those all still play a role. It's just going to be a different role than they have in the past. Yeah, and maybe looking at smaller group meetings and and things like that. I think well, I was on Lauren Gray's show earlier this week and. Um, hospitality, digital marketing, and I think it was Ed St. Ange with Flip too that kind of made the point that a lot of these big companies, the Silicon Valley type companies that are now going to this, you don't have to work in a corporate office anymore 
you know, permanently kind of a ruling in. So it's going to change the geography of, of certain uh, employees in, in, cer- in certainly in big numbers, right? If you're, if you're employing several thousand people and they all start working remotely, what, what we're likely going to see, and the point he made was people that have similar interests and similar um, expectations and similar what, what they're looking for in terms of a place to relocate to, if they don't have to be in Silicon Valley anymore, you might see little clusters of employees show up in, in other areas of the country. And if you're in a hotel where you see some of these crop up, there, there may be need for face-to-face communication without a central office. So certainly having workspaces, small meeting facilities, things like that is an opportunity. Um, but this is just one example of being creative. You're going to have to learn to be creative and, and look at a different audience. And we've said this on the show before, and I'll keep saying it. You've got to go into your job the next time you go into that office like it's a brand new job at a new hotel and, and preferably on a new planet because everything that used to work for you no longer works. If you thought you were a great marketer in 2019, you were just being a marketer because everything was really easy in 2019. In 2020 and 2021, you're going to have to sing for your supper every day and you're going to have to get creative and try things and experiment and fail and learn and optimize and, and keep doing that until you crack it. And it's going to be a, a slog, but you guys are doing the right things. You're educating yourself. You're listening to shows like this and hopefully others. That's how you're going to get inspired. That's how you're going to learn you know, the things that are going to work and the things that are working for others. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not easy, but you can, you can do it and you're starting the right way by educating yourself and looking to improve yourself. Booyah. Booyah. All right. So I think this is an apt time to bring back the much maligned, but also much loved at the same time segment on the show, Stat of the Week. It's the Stat of the Week, Stat of the Week, Stat of the Week. Melissa, that is the greatest jingle ever. Way better than News of Roos. And if anyone says otherwise, <laughs> then I will have words with him. The stat of the week is Stuart lied one time already. <laughs> <laughs> that is a stat, but no. What is the real stat, Melissa? Our stat of the week this week comes from the latest round of our consumer sentiment study that has not yet been published. So you're hearing it here first, folks. We asked people how many people have traveled since the pandemic started in mid-March. Now, before I give you the stat of our respondents, let's poll this group of four people. How many on this podcast right, be- before we do that melissa let's ask this let's ask them to guess the percentage first so pete what percentage of people do you think have traveled since march the, was it 31st is that what we asked or march 20th march 15th so pete how many people what percentage of people have traveled in north america since march 15th 27 percent okay but no one dollar <laughs> 27 cent jeremy you, you want to over or the under on that? <laughs> uh, I'll go 30%. 30%. All right, Melissa, you know the answer, so I'm not going to ask you. All right, now, guys, have you, Pete, have you traveled yet since March the 15th? I have. Jeremy, have you? I have not. Melissa, have you? I have. Stuart, have you? Yes, yes, I have, Stuart. Um, so 75% of us have. 
And I was on the on Lauren's show earlier, like I said, and I'd asked the, the people who guessed, and it was ranges from like 10% of people to I think 30% was the kind of similar range to what we said. But then when I asked everyone on there who has traveled, I think almost everyone on that had traveled as well. Yeah. So the actual number is what, Melissa? 50%, five zero. So half of North American leisure travelers that responded to our travel study, which is a couple of thousand people, said they have traveled since March 15th. And that number's up a good chunk since we asked the same question, what, I I guess that was two weeks, three weeks before that, so about a month ago. Um, And that was 30-something percent back then. Yeah. And I bet we're going to ask that question again after Labor Day. I bet that number's over 60% by then. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's two-thirds of people by by after Labor Day. So this, this stat is a fundamental game changer in how you look at the world right now. You know, eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, maybe even four weeks ago, the people that were traveling were early adopters. They were risk takers. They tended to skew younger. They tended to be different, right, than your typical demographic that was traveling. It it was, by definition, a risk-taking group of people, which tends to skew younger because obviously everyone knows younger people are stupid, right? But now we're at the tipping point where half of the people we asked in this database skews older. There's not a ton of... Right, this skews younger. So 50% of people. So we're now at the point where the majority of people have traveled since March 15th. That means, and that tell that's insightful, right? That means that people are getting to where they're more comfortable doing things that they weren't comfortable doing a little while ago, which means your opportunity, especially if you're in a destination that is conducive to travel right now, like a beach, like a mountain, like a small town that's not in the middle of a, a city. If you're in in one of the fortunate enough to be in one of those types of locations you have a good shot of getting people to come stay with you. And if they're not already, you can move the needle because the majority of people are willing and have traveled. And that tells you that the vast majority of people will be traveling in the next few months unless something crazy goes on, right? People seem to be getting to where they're comfortable with travel. They're getting comfortable with wearing masks. We saw, we'll reveal that data in the, when we released that study. But what we're doing seems to be, in most cases, curbing the the swell of this disease. And so people are trying to get back to some form of normalcy. We've also got this weird economic thing going on, which, which you know, th- there's probably a bunch of people listening to the show that, that are in the unfortunate situation of being out of work. And that my heart goes out to you guys. There's a lot of people in that situation. But there's also a lot of people that kept their job, have kept their income, but haven't been spending nearly as much because they haven't been doing the things they usually do. That group of people probably has more disposable income now, especially if they got the the relief from the government. There's like a whole slew of middle America that is primed to travel, is willing to travel, and probably has the means to travel. You've got to figure out how to tap into them. And we're going to talk about that today on the show. Can I share a secret? Sure. Secret. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. We need to. We need to think about that. Me, who is part of that group of people of older generation, 
that maybe is less likely to travel. I booked myself a hotel in October. And guess where it is? Is it a Kempton? It is. (laughs) It's so predictable. It's a Kempton. And it's ridiculously expensive and I don't care. Well. It's it's an interesting point, though, because you haven't traveled. And, you know, that travel budget is starting to grow and grow. So you you can start splurging a little bit on... Mm -hmm. Nicer travel when you do do such decide to travel. Yeah, I'm taking myself and my dog on a weekend. Actually, it's a week midweek getaway. Nice to Asheville. I'm going to the mountains. All right. So you told them what hotel. So it's the Kimpton in Asheville. Are you going to give the dates so your stalker fans can no. can come and find you? So all they need to do, if you're a stalker of Melissa, all you need to do now is is go stay at the Kimpton in Asheville for the whole month of October, and you might be lucky enough to bump into her. That's right. Yeah. I'm such a celebrity that I'm likely to be stalked. Hey, you get you get um, more correspondence on LinkedIn than the rest of us combined, I think, from this show. So just saying. Sure. You've got fans. Okay. All right. So we want to jump into the topic. We're like... 15 minutes in already and we haven't even started talking about the topic really so yes over to you jeremy let's do it so like we said earlier um thanks to our latest consumer sentiment survey results we were able to identify the topics that people want to hear from hotels right now and staying in touch with guests on the topics that they care about now will keep your hotel top of mind as well as improve your hotel's chances of more bookings now and in the future and during recovery and with that said, we'll start from the bottom. The third most important topic. Whoa, 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 whoa. Continue. The third most important topic people want to hear from hotels right now is how the how the coronavirus is affecting the local area. So it's no surprise people want to know what's open in your area and how local businesses are adapting to new ordinances before they book at your hotel. So what you can do is help quell any doubts by providing valuable content and information that ticks all the boxes that people are looking for. Hey, and guess what? 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 Based on the same consumer sentiment study, we found that people who have traveled uh, say that hotels are failing in this very exact area. Yeah. So if you want to go look at the, the sentiment study that we did last, which was volume eight, and fueltravel.com slash blog. We'll link to it on the show notes too. You can kind of compare this. There's a fundamental gap between what consumers are asking for and what hotels are supplying. And this is what they're screaming they want to hear about. They want to know what's open and what's not in the local area. What are the cases like in the local area? What is the mask ordinance? On both sides of that, like some people want to know if there's a mask ordinance because they don't want to come if it's there. And a lot of people will say they do want to come if it's there and they don't if it's not. So you got to keep them informed and, and you have to do it because no one else is doing it. And the beauty of it is if you become the source and you keep up with what restaurants are open and not in, the, in your area and you put that on your website, you're going to be found when people are looking for that information and you're going to increase your chance of getting selected when they decide on where they're going to stay. So it's win-win. Helps the consumer and helps your business. Just some actionable items for hotels that they can take. Like we all, like we just said, keeping guests informed about local attractions, restaurants, shops, and essential businesses that are open, um, as well as local mask ordinances. 
and by creating a page on your website or maybe a blog that you just continue continue to update um, as news comes in or as these uh, bigger attractions and restaurants open near in your area. Um, also, this is a good time to revisit your content calendar. Whenever you're writing something right now about attractions or restaurants and events, you need to be mindful of how you're approaching those topics or approaching those or writing about those um, about those things. Yeah, I mean, think about it. A lot of people did this with their budget this year, and, and they always do it with their content calendar, where you take last year's content calendar and then you iterate it, right? You just say, okay, where did where's Labor Day fall? We we did this content. When's Valentine's Day? Let's let's do this content. And you can't do that anymore. It's 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 this there's, there's certain things that will remain unchanged, but there's a lot of new stuff that is changed. So your content strategy needs to be rethunk from the very beginning. Just like I said, you need to pretend like this is a new job with a new property on a new planet with new alien guests that are gonna come stay with you. Because it's not the same old rinse and repeat that you're used to. Right. It's like applying features that a restaurant's like, does a restaurant have outdoor dining? Do they have curbside? Is it an attraction? Do they have limited, have they limited their capacity? I mean, have, have events been canceled? Those are things you need to take in mind um, when you're reevaluating your calendar and creating new content. Um, and the same applies to hotel amenities as well, um, making mm-hmm. sure that Obviously, if someone comes, someone's looking to come to your hotel, I mean, you need to make sure that they know what is available and what isn't at your property. Um, That's probably one of the most important ones. Is is it so important that you keep that updated? Because one of the biggest con- or frustrations that we've heard from hotels, specifically through guest surveys, is you didn't tell me the pool was going to be closed. You didn't tell me the free breakfast was going to be just a takeout box and not a full buffet making sure they know about those amenity tweaks is so important hey pete are you unwrapping presents while you're talking to us so we talked about how people would work at home sometimes now right yeah and it's also apparently time for my daughter to have a some kind of candy bar or something okay and it's important that she do that right next to me podcasting yeah, she do, just make sure she holds it a little close to the microphone. Yeah, well, well, she waited until I hit unmute to yeah. start talking when she came out. So, okay. anyway, but the point stands that you need to make sure your amenities are updated to the current times, and you don't become tone deaf and just, you know, keep everything same as usual. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because there's there's things that you're doing on a daily basis that become normal to you. So, say your pool's closed, you know the pool's closed. You've known it's been closed for the last X number of weeks and, and it has been closed and that hasn't changed to you and, and to that guest that just booked, that's brand new information that they need to know. So you've got to make sure you're looking at it from the guest perspective. It's it's the same phenomena that happens with, with your website, right? Where if you've, you've been spending the last six months redesigning your website and then by the time it goes live, it's kind of old to you, right? You, you're kind of, man, I've been looking at this thing for six months. I need to think about how I'm going to tweak it. Whereas the consumer that's coming to you six months from now sees it for the first time and it's fresh and it's it's exciting. So you've got you've got to continue to always put the guest at the front of your decision making and, and your thought process because otherwise you're going to miss big gaps like this, which this is really, really important, which is why it's number three on our list. Yeah, and just moving along with that with under the uh, same category, um, we briefly mentioned it earlier how travelers have expressed higher interest in visiting places. Social distancing is 
probably easier, like small towns, um, places within nature, like mountain mountain areas and beaches. So that's also something to consider when uh, reevaluating your content to highlight things near your hotel that are social distance social distancing friendly. Um, and then finally, if you have a dedicated area guide page, then that that's great. That means that you already have content there, and that means that you can go to that page and update all this business information right there that we just discussed. Good stuff, man. All right, let's move on to number two. So number two is packages and specials for future stays. So this is where you can appeal to travelers that are more likely to be interested in hearing about packages and specials now. And using the right CRM will be crucial to your success here. Yeah, I mean, I think you're dead on. It, it, you have to use the tools that you have to the best of your ability. You know, I mean, a perfect example of that is looking at who has canceled their stay and make sure that you're re reaching out to them as personalized as possible to get them to rebook. I think people kind of forget that when they say they have a cancellation, you mark it as a cancellation, but you don't remember the fact that you invested a lot of money when you look at the average cost of a conversion holistically for a resort. If you lose that booking, you need to be doing everything in your power to reach back out to that person and get them to rebook. Yeah, and I, I think this is, you know, that 50% tipping point that we talked about at the beginning of the show, 50% of people have traveled. We feel like that'll be a lot higher by by the end of Labor Day weekend. We're recording this the Friday of Labor Day weekend as we speak. The price and the deal and the value, you know, value was always important, but the, the going out with pricing and deals and things like that was not that effective early on in the pandemic. And if if we'd done this episode a month ago, this probably wouldn't have been in number in the number two position. It would have probably been below something else. But now that we're going into this new phase of People kind of looking at the potential light at the end of the tunnel with with a potential vaccine. That they're, they're getting used to this being the the world we live in. They're, they're beginning to loosen up on on their individual behaviors. Things like deals and value are, are going to become more important again. So I, I think you know where I'm not saying you should go out and and just do a fifty percent discount. Um, Whereas early in, in the pandemic, that wouldn't have made any difference. Now it's going to move the needle again. Now now this is one of the levers that you have, again, that wasn't working weeks or months ago that is going to work again. But do it in a, in a way that is sustainable and profitable because we know that staffing is a challenge. We know that operationally costs have gone up. So you, you don't go and give away the farm. Focus on value still. But there is an opportunity now to start promoting packages and campaigns that, that are valuable to people now more than you were, say, two, three, four, five weeks ago. Um, we, we're moving into a new phase of the messaging, I think, for a lot of destinations. Would you say now more than ever? Yeah, now more than ever. We are in this together. We're all in the same boat. We there you go. This together. is the new normal. This is so, the new normal. But I, I think what you hit on was sell the value don't sell the deal so much because again i mean melissa you're a perfect example of splurging on a nicer vacation because the vacation budget is there and one of the big obstacles we had to overcome two months ago was am i going to die on vacation now that people are backing away from that now what we want to do is reward them and have a little bit of 
opulence on their travel and give them something special for for the same rate. I mean, keep in mind, though, if we're talking to the people who have canceled due to the pandemic, price was not the concern because they've already agreed to pay you a certain amount. So now let's add value to that to bring them back in. I think that's the first time someone's used opulence on the podcast. Congratulations. And I didn't just use it randomly. I used it in the right way. Yeah, yes, you did. Uh, going back to Jeremy's point about the CRM, though, I think harnessing the power of your drive market, which you should be able to target via your CRM, is really super important. We know from our survey and pretty much any other consumer data out there at this point, drive market is where the money is. People are willing to go like now between a one hour and a three hour drive. They're ready to go. So if you can hone in on your email database and really drive home that drive market information and convince people to drive that short distance to come see you, I think it will be well rewarded. I'd also want, I want to toss in a little specific action item to this. Within your PMS, you have a lot of information on this guest for when they're traveling, how much they're paying, what type of room they're staying at, if they had a phone call, how much or who the person is that they spoke to. But what I've found with a very savvy client is when that reservation is canceled, a lot of that data just goes into the ether and is not there anymore. So think about that now You as you're having cancellations come in. Keep that data. Make sure that when you re-engage that person, you can say, you know, Stuart, you're tra- you're going to visit this room at this rate, and you spoke to Melissa when you made your booking. Here's her phone number to call back. Make sure you still have that data because I'm finding a lot of clients lose a little bit of that data on cancellations. Yeah, and I think the key is not looking at it as an an you know a. a faceless name or an email address or a phone number in a database. These are individual people with individual needs that are going to be guests at your property if you do the right thing by them. So I think small touches, like you said, you know, having having them reconnect with the same person they already spoke with, that, that familiarity, or even denoting why it was they canceled in the first place in, in acknowledging that that has been remedied, you know. Uh, it's It's all about being hospitable in every phase of the traveler's journey, not just at the stay, but also in the research and the booking process as well. We've got to make sure we put people at the front of our decision-making. Yeah, and to go on about adding value as well, um, not just adding value to what you can provide at your hotel, but adding value to the destination. Um, <clears throat> even going at, as far as partnering with open businesses that may that would provide a safe experience for guests. So something like, a package that would include free kayak rentals or free or beach chair rentals or something. I mean, it, it not only makes it more enticing to book with you, but it also raises awareness about the open attractions in your area and what people can expect when they visit you or travel to your destination. Yeah, I think that's important. Like the expectations is a word that we, we can't underemphasize because right now people have so much uncertainty in every part of their, their world. And they're looking for a vacation. And the way you can make sure they have a great vacation is by giving them some certainty. And the way you can do that is by setting expectations up front. The chances are, especially if there's someone that stayed with you before and is staying in for the first time during COVID, things are going to be different. They're not going to be what they're used to. 
And you've got to make sure they know that up front. They know that during the booking process. They know that before they arrive. Maybe your housekeeping uh, processes changes. Maybe you're only doing an upon exit, you know, upon checkout, doing a deep clean. Maybe you go into every other day. It doesn't matter what the change is. It matters that you're communicating that and that the guest knows it going in. That, that old adage that we used to love so much in the industry of surprise and delight, We'll get back to that in, in this industry. Right now, the last thing you need to do to the guest is surprise them in any way. They need they need structure. They need um, complete certainty that they're going to get delivered what you promised them. And, and the only way to do that is to communicate with them through your CRM ahead of time before they arrive. Maybe that's over the phone. Maybe it's via email. Maybe it's by text. It doesn't really matter. You just got to make sure they know it going into it. You know, and I would I would build on that. Let's talk to the people who haven't canceled their stay yet because you're still seeing cancellations come in. If you can head those off at the pass and relay the message of the reason why a lot of people are canceling. So if they're canceling because they're concerned about safety, proactively reach out to your current reservations and let them know those steps that you're doing. Let them know what housekeeping is doing and and just you know more or less make sure that you've closed that deal for good. Yeah. All right. Are we done with number two? We're done with number two. All right. Let's move on to number one. Number one thing people want to hear from hotels right now is what the property is doing to protect guests. So travelers have made it clear that their safety is the highest priority regarding hotel outreach. Um, As a hotelier, it's your job to reduce the fears a guest may have about traveling now. And also related to this and high on the list, it wasn't in the top three, but it's right up there, is um, how they, what they're doing to protect the staff as well. Because if the staff are getting sick, then that's a risk for the guests. So in general, what are you doing to protect people? That is That has been the number one thing people wanted to hear since the very beginning, back all the way back when we did the first volume on, was it April 1st we did the first one? April 2nd? Yeah, yeah. safety, safety, oh. safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actionable items that hotels can take now, as we just discussed, with having a strong CRM, um, messaging your email database with information regarding the guest safety um, that you've laid out for your hotel. Hey, J- hey, Jeremy, if if someone, you know, that's the second or third time we said you need a strong CRM. You know, perhaps there's folks that are listening to this show that, I don't know, are using a bog standard CRM product that doesn't really give them the flexibility to segment and target people in, in a meaningful and effective way. So do you do you happen to know, and this, this question is not just to Jeremy, to any of you guys, do you happen to know anyone that, that has a really cool CRM product that these guys could could reach out to and, and learn more about that's actually surprisingly cost-effective even though it's super powerful? Any ideas, guys? And has AI built in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, yeah. Automatic AI-powered segmentation and targeting. Uh, I mean, that would be the dream, one could one could only imagine where that would be. Any any ideas? I believe that this company called Fuel has has that very product. Ah, fueltravel.com. That's their website. Go check it out. These guys have amazing CRM product. And uh, you should definitely use it. I've never been more embarrassed to be on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phenomenal CRM, no doubt. But that's a very shameless plug. But hey, you know what? Sometimes that's what you get. You know what? It, it's it's that Vaynerchuk 
jab, 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 right hook. You, these listeners just got a right they hook. They weren't expecting that. Now we're gonna we're gonna jab some more, and then we'll we'll do another right hook in like another 162 episodes. It'll be fun. Playing the long game. That's right. All righty. So continue, Jeremy. So after you have your strong CRM by fuel, you build. Dude, come on! Don't be so shy. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, we're we're waiting for another 162 episodes before we do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Too soon, buddy. Too soon. So. Next actionable item for hotels, um, building a dedicated page on your website that details hotel safety, cleaning procedures, and any updated booking policies or cancellation, cancellation policies. And make sure that that page is easy to find on your website. And this is a huge one too, um, having a dedicated page. I mean, we've seen some success, or we, we've had clients who have seen success as far as bookings through these pages. I mean, in, when people know What's what to expect at your hotel? They're going to be more comfortable to book with you. And I'm I'm going to clarify that as the data person on this podcast that we are talking about people that then that means that they actively searched for this property and their cleaning procedures and then decided to book. So this was part of their process. They wanted to make sure that they were going to be safe before they booked. They didn't stumble across the page. They searched in a you know search engine and entered the site on their safety page and then booked so it's important wow very uh, <clears throat> next actionable item would be placing call outs uh, and messaging in your booking engine and uh, on pages of your website about new safety procedures and booking policies so it could be something a change uh, on like a rooms page or as a, um, an amenities page, as we said earlier, I'm about reevaluating your content, I'm making sure that all that is updated and people are seeing the most update, up-to-date information about what you have to offer. <clears throat> um, update your ad copy in Google Ads and Microsoft Ads uh, to reflect new booking and safety policies. So using that dedicated page for that explains your hotel safety and cleaning procedures. Um, point guests to that page through site links um, and promote new protocols through callouts in your um, pay-per-click uh, campaigns. Next, you would pin a guest. You can pin guest safety and health guidelines to the top of your Facebook page or your, your social media or any of your social channels. Um, responding to guest questions in your Google My Business listing. And even going one step further and feeding any relevant questions that pertain to your safety and cleaning guidelines or even booking and cancellation policies into that questions and answers section of your listing. Uh, next would be creating a safety measure checklist and creating a long form response that travelers can find on your TripAdvisor listing, which I believe is part of a new TripAdvisor safety initiative that um, hoteliers should be taking advantage of. And lastly, Using a hotel mobile app to ensure guests have as contactless have as contactless an experience as possible when they're staying at your hotel. Should I do it, guys? Should I, should I do it? Should I? Should I? I don't know. Oh, anyway, if if you want a mobile app, Fuel's got one. FuelTravel.com. Go check it out. It's awesome. You know, and, and the reason that people, I think, you you really want to look at an app is you in the hotel industry. Their time at a hotel is a very small part of their life. 
but the rest of their life, you look at look at the direction that it's heading. People are using more and more contactless payments. If it's Apple Pay or you know Samsung Pay or whatever it might be, people are making more and more transactions on their mobile devices. So ride that wave. This is not one of the situations where you need to reinvent the wheel and kind of come up with a new way of doing transactions. Your guests are already used to doing that. So you just need to make sure you're there to make this just one other transaction that they make in their life on their mobile device. It's, it's very seamless if you go that way. Yeah, it reduces friction. I mean, Melissa and I talk about this. We, we look at the data from the folks that are using our mobile app all the time. We get a weekly report that kind of shows by property how much, how many check-ins, how many check-outs, how many people are using the digital key, how many downloads, all the, all the metrics. But we also look at how many new bookings are coming through the mobile app and it, it continues to blow us away i mean we had i mean we had a group of 10 properties last year that booked over five hundred thousand dollars in the year through the mobile app on new bookings and that's not including all the upsells and the cross sales and the add-on services that they booked during the reservation that was just new bookings and we're seeing properties right now i mean in the tens of thousands of dollars a week that they're booking right now, even during COVID, in additional services, upgrades, new bookings, and things like that. So it's this is money being left on the table if you don't invest in some kind of mobile app technology. Plus, there's the massive value of reduced contact check-in, reduced contact between the staff and the guest. It's it's just it's a no-brainer at this point, and it doesn't have to be costly. Just do it. Just do it. Fueltravel.com/slash software i think all righty so is, is are you done jeremy i'm done well all there right. is one hey. thing that hoteliers don't want to hear oh yes really? and, and you know we've talked about what what your guests want to hear what your guests want to hear but you know we don't want to ignore the hoteliers in the situation and there's one thing and this is only one thing that they do not want to hear out of anything they could hear, there's only there's one only thing. One thing. And, and that okay. is return on ad spend is stated as ROAS. You do not want to say ROAS. <laughs> Don't ever do that. I, I've heard it too many times, and I'm going to get on my plinth and say this is something we don't do. As hoteliers. Is this, is this the new Is this the new gift, Jeff? Debate. This is. This is now more than ever. We all need to be saying ROAS because this is the new normal and we have to do it this way. Now more than ever. It, it, <laughs> now more than it ever. It is weird, right? Because every other acronym, like we don't say CO, we say SEO, we don't say ROI, we say ROI. You ASAP know, is CT. the one that's a little but, bit different and that one's okay. Right. Well, that was what I was going to say is this is different though because it's a four letter acronym instead of a, 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 a TL. A, right? A three-letter acronym. So maybe maybe that's the rule. Maybe that's the caveat that you can say ASAP or ASAP or you can say ROAS or ROAS. Then I want to say ROAS in that case. I guess you say RSVP. You don't say RSVP. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I prefer ROAS. Even though it takes a little fraction of a second longer to say it, I'm, I'm more of a fan of ROAS. ROAS than ROAS. So there we go. That was, that was the one thing that hoteliers do not want to hear. That's a hot take, Pete. I would love to hear from our audience. You know, hit us up on Twitter or LinkedIn or email us info at fueltravel.com. 
on your opinion about ROAS versus ROAS. This is this is the biggest, most defining decision of 2020. Like which which of these is right? We've got nothing else major going on, and certainly in North America that is of vital importance. So, ROAS versus ROAS. That's gonna, that's going to help me decide who I'm voting for this election year. If, 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 if yes, if if they came out and, and made a stance on ROAS versus ROAS, that's my deciding factor. Wow, I th- I thought you were going to say that you were going to sign one of those pronunciations to one of the candidates and whichever one won out from the audience vote you were going to vote for. This, this is far too important. I want to make sure I know which one actually stands behind it. <laughs> I mean, these, these, are the, these are the cutting issues that only the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast can to really dig into in a deep way. I mean, we are the mainstream media because the rest of the media is just propagating fake news these days. So well, you know, you're, you have you're to making get your real jokes source here. and that people don't appreciate this, but I know one guy who appreciates it. Oh, yeah, we do have some listener feedback, although we don't have a jingle for listener feedback. But you want to give us some listener feedback? Yeah, so this one comes to us from John from the UK. Oh, hold on. Now, the rule is that People that write reviews or send us feedback can state the accent in which they want you to read it. Now, I'm going to go out on a, a limb, and having read this, although it wasn't specifically stated, I think it was implied by the fact that he said where he was from that he wanted you to do it in the, in the British accent. So, I, I, My British accent is really bad. It phase shifts between... Australian, Aussie, UK, yeah, and uh, it's kind of like mine, to be honest. That's true. But so, yeah, go for it. I, I respect John, so I'm gonna do the best I can. But I might just read this more in English accent because it, it's pretty lengthy. Oh, everything. You, you mean? But this is not a request; it's a thank you. I'm a hotelier, but I have hotel and resort. I'm a hotel and resort photographer and videographer. I just want to say how much your podcast has helped me grow my business. You've given me unique insights into the world of the hotelier and highlighted challenges that they have that I never would have thought of. I've used these that I learned through your podcast to find my little niche. So thank you. I'm currently on episode 154. I started about one and a half, one year, nine months ago, and I'm almost up to date. Thank you for the podcast and downloads you all, you all do. I love listening to you while I'm traveling across the UK for work. You just gave up with that accent. I, I kind of feel like I did. I, I told John that this was going to happen. It was a lengthy review, and I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, I can't do a UK accent for that long. It came out strong. Okay, yeah. so. And then just gave up. Yeah, you did. It's exactly right. Now, one point, I just want to clarify. what what I think what he said is he was on episode 154. He started on episode one nine months ago. That's what it was. So it wasn't one year, nine months ago. Okay. So he's gone. He's literally a trooper, man. He's a dedicated, true honorary fueligan, as Phil would say, where he's listened to 154 episodes in chronological order. So he got to hear all of the drama of the bees growing and being murdered, the jam debate of 2020. Can, I mean, every everything. Sure, I need the you controversy to... about Mel versus Melissa. I mean, all of the big... Hard-hitting things that we've covered in this show over the last three or four years. He's heard so it. So you need to uh, go go to the office, look in your drawer, mm-hmm. and find a, a vest or a pack of cards or something that we can send to John to re- reward him for his his listening. Oh yeah, we got we got some swag we can send to John. 
Come on, so, who jumped up? Did he said submit his email or his physical address? I don't know. If I just put it in the show notes. He he could communicate with us in some way, right? Uh, it is in the show notes. Okay. So if, uh, yeah, well, John, if you're listening, look for package now. Coronavirus is going on, so please allow. 12 to 472 weeks for delivery, but eventually you'll get some fuel swag coming your way, my friend. And, and we're all going to cough in the box before listening. we seal it up. <laughs> we're not, John. We're not. Don't worry. Not all of us. Just Pete. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, for that. We really appreciate it. Um, we got listeners from all over the world, you know. I look at the stats every now and again. We've got people in like Singapore and Thailand. We've got people in South America. It's crazy. All over Europe. Just all over the place. No one from Antarctica, surprisingly. I don't know. I'd imagine there's not much to do if you're in like some little lab down there. You want to listen to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. But well, they, they typically would download it before they leave for Antarctica, so it records the download from. Uh, no, whatever, dude. They, they're tapping into the Wi-Fi on that big alien ship that crashed there. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize that. I got nothing. Else. Well, if you if you, if you want to leave some feedback or ask a question or weigh in on the ROAS ROAS debate, then the best way for you to reach out to us is info at fueltravel.com. That is the email address that we monitor and we will respond if you send us an email with any sensible kind of correspondence. You can also hit us up on Twitter at fueltravel. And Jeremy, thank you for doing the notes today. If they want to find you on the interwebs, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Razuk. And Melissa? I am on Twitter at M.A. Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And Pete? I'm on Twitter as well, P DeMaio, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Oh, Pete. So I'm trying to get more involved there. Pete? Yes. Pete? Yes. Guess what? what? I have a beehive at my house, my new house. You do? I just bought a house, and there's a little beehive, but it's it's in a bird box. Is it? It's like a little bird box. Are they wasps or are they bees? You know what? It's probably wasps, but I'm going to call them bees for the sake of bees. Well, stick your finger in there and let me know what what happens. I can then tell from the sting if it's a bee or a wasp. If it hurts or really hurts? Yes. You know, I'm blind as a bat, so I couldn't get close enough to see, but my wife seemed to think they were bees, not not wasps, so we'll, we'll see. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, let me know. Yeah. Well, if you want to get the notes to today's show, follow along, listen to or, or read some of the tactics that we, we read out, then fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 162 is the best way to do that. Again, hit us up, email info at fueltravel.com or on Twitter at Fuel Travel. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Hey. hey. Nice job. Thanks. I'm going to credit the cavemen who slowly shifted to, uh, to an agrarian society. <laughs> <laughs>